Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas and a prosperous new year and happy Easter. Because that's the next time some of you will be in church. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Pastor John in his absence because uh, he's been so kind. This is such a special occasion and for me to to be trusted with the pulpit, I really appreciate it. Uh, Bruce, and thank you for making us feel so welcome this morning. Uh, before the first service, he encouraged me and he, he said these words, be at peace. And he didn't know how accurate he was because I wanna focus this morning on Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And uh, if we can just get this going, there we go because that's one of the, the important messages. Now, peace is such a, a prominent thing because if you look at statistics, people will say to you that the most common thing that people wish for is for world peace. And uh, it's interesting that the word peace is used as a well-wishing greeting in so many languages. If you're familiar with Hebrew and with Israel, you will know that they use the word shalom to say hello and goodbye. Uh, in, in some Arabic countries, they use the word salam. The Hawaiian greeting, aloha, speaks of peace and love. Uh, we've experienced in Italy with the Pentecostal charismatic believers, when they greet you there, they say pashe, which is, which is peace. And here in South Africa, the Basutu, the Tswana people will greet each other uh, with peace when they say Khootso, beautiful word. And uh, even in Greek, the word Irene was often used as a salutation or as a farewell in the New Testament epistles. So peace is like on, on everybody's lips and especially during Christmas time, uh, this is what we wish for each other because Christmas is associated with peace. And we sang that beautiful, probably the most popular Christmas carol, Silent Night, and it has the strong theme of, of heavenly peace. So the proclamation of peace is a prominent part of the message of the Bible and undoubtedly a theme of, of the Christmas message. And very interesting, in the book of Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, this was prophesied about the child that would be born, and one facet of his character and his name would be, he would be called the Prince of Peace. Uh, Bruce read about every scripture that I could use in my sermon, and this one he, he read about the angels that gave this message to the shepherds, glory to God of the highest, on earth peace among people with whom God is pleased. Now, it's so amazing that in the world today, it's almost impossible to open a newspaper or to watch a television news program without hearing the word peace. Yet there is such a lack of peace. You can read and hear about peace conferences, peace negotiations, peace agreements, even uh, peace demonstrations, and peace protests, and peacekeeping forces. But somehow the word is there. And I think thousands of books and, 
documents with millions of words have been written on the subject of peace, but it still seemed, seems to evade most people. It's also interesting to know that the premium award conferred in the world is called the Nobel Peace Prize. So everyone values peace. They are looking for peace. It's always been important. I remember even in, in the 60s, remember the hippies? Peace, my brother. Flower power. Uh, they, they wanted peace. And this might surprise you, but even Hitler wanted peace. He said, I, I'd like a piece of Poland, a piece of Denmark. <laughs> but there's such a lack of, of peace in the world today. The current state of affairs in the world, and this will prove to you the level of unrest in the world, as, is that there are currently 13 ongoing wars and 43 serious conflicts going on in the world today. On our continent, there are at least 25 civil wars or armed conflicts happening right now. And if you draw the circle a little bit closer to our country, I wanna quote something to you uh, given by an organization called the Institute for Economics and Peace. They publish what they call a global peace index every year. And the 2019 listing of the level of peace in 163 countries, South Africa ranks down number 127. So there's a lot of dispeace, disorder in our country. And there's a desperate need for peace in the world in our land, but more so in the hearts of people. And that's what I want to focus on today, is the personal peace that you can experience. And the reason I believe that people cannot find peace is they're looking in the wrong place and they do not understand what peace really is about. It's about the Prince of Peace, it's a person. And my wish for you is that you will enjoy, not just on Christmas Day, but for the rest of the, the year and the new year, the real, the genuine peace that Jesus came to bring. And Jesus, very interestingly, he spoke about the difference between his peace and the peace of the world. In John 14, 27, on the eve of his crucifixion, he said these words, I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. He says, it isn't like the peace that this world can give. So don't be worried or afraid. So let me expose some wrong concepts that we have of peace. And I would call this section pretend peace or proper peace. And we need to recognize what is the genuine article. And here's the first wrong concept that I wanna focus on. And that is that peace is not a lifeless state of being. It's amazing to me how people often equate peace with death. So you have to decease to have peace. And that's why we see on tombstones quite often, R.I.P., rest in peace. I heard a story about a woman that didn't have much money. She wanted to put a, a tombstone on her husband's uh, grave and the undertaker suggested that they just put the letters R.I.P. Then a few weeks later, she found out that he wasn't faithful to her. 
and she wanted to change it. And so the, the uh, monumentalist said to her, it's going to cost you a lot of money. She said, okay, just add three letters to it. T-I-C, rest in peace till I come. <laughs> but here's the good news. You don't have to wait to die before you have peace. Remember when Jesus was born, the message of the angels was peace on earth, not peace under the earth. You can have it right now. Now here's a, a, a beautiful scripture where Jesus just spoke these words, peace I leave with you. It's like a clause out of a will and testament. Jesus says, here's what I leave for you. And Jesus put that in his will, in his testament, and he died to make that legal. Now I wanna ask you this, let me, let me sketch it like this. If I had a rich uncle, which I don't have, and he mentioned me in his will, and he bequeathed something to me, when do I get my inheritance? When my uncle dies or when I die? Stupid question. So here's what Jesus said, I am leaving you an inheritance. When do we get it, when we die? No, we got it when he died. And he's our testator and he left peace for you in his will. It's part of our inheritance. So peace is not something that is lifeless. It's not something that is weak. It's a very powerful quality of life. If you remove peace from a situation, see how things fall apart. So peace is a very strong force of life that keeps things together and it's necessary to have order. Here's a second wrong concept that we have of peace. Peace is not just the absence of conflict. I wanna put it this way. Peace is not just the absence of war, but the presence of God. And, and here's what we need to realize. This war-ravished world has such a different concept of peace. Let me again focus on John 14, 27. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. That's one of the Christmas gifts that he left for us. He says, peace of mind and heart. And he says, and the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So he gives us genuine peace. You can have peace in the midst of war, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of, of chaos and disturbance. Jesus can be in your boat in the storm. Amen. I heard a story about an artist who was commissioned to, to paint a picture depicting peace and everybody thought that he would paint this calm, restful scene with beautiful fields of grass gently swaying in the breeze and instead he painted this violent storm with dark thunderclouds and flashing lightning and pouring rain and he painted this huge rock with a, with a crevice in it and on a little ledge there sat, sat a dove with its head tacked tucked under its wing, fast asleep, and he said, that's peace. And Jesus is there in the storm. When the wild storm rages, hide in the rock of ages, because there you will find safety and peace. 
And again, the words of Jesus in John 16 and, and, and verse 33, he warned us. He said, I've told you these things that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. And somebody put it this way. They said, sometimes God calms the storm. Sometimes he lets the storm rage and calms his child. That's peace. Here's another wrong concept that people have. Peace is not escapism or apathy. And I had to look up those words in the dictionary myself. <laughs> but let me explain it to you. Sometimes people try and escape. They ignore problems. They, they try and act as the problems are not there and they use it as a way of, of escapism. And I know pre peace brings freedom from worry or fear, but it does not mean running away from reality, responsibility or duty. It doesn't mean ignoring issues and trying to escape them. There was a man who was given to drinking because he was trying to run away from his troublesome wife. The problem was, when he got drunk, he saw two wives. <laughs> he had double trouble. <laughs> I know sometimes we all feel like, I wish I could live on a deserted island and have no people around me and just escape. The problem is you take yourself with you. <laughs> if you don't have peace before you go, you will never have peace. And having to make decisions often can bring tension in your life, but we cannot avoid making decisions. In fact, avoiding a decision is a decision. And it's most of the time the wrong decision. So we need to, to face these things. In, in the book of James, it describes an undecisive person as a double-minded man. And here's what the Amplified says. It says, a man of two minds is unstable, he's unreliable, he is uh, he's uncertain. There's a lack of peace about everything he thinks, he feels, or decides. You have to make decisions. Otherwise, your life will be an up and down thing and you will become what I call a seesaw saint. Because you're up the one time and down the one time. Make a decision and God will give you that stability. God will, will bring peace in your life. And uh, let Jesus guide you in your decisions. He came to guide us. He came to lead us beside still waters. He's the good shepherd. Now, here's something else. Don't confuse passivity with peace and don't confuse apathy with serenity. Apathy means you don't care. You are indifferent. You have a lack of concern for others. And if we have to be honest, we become an indifferent people. We become a generation of spectators watching things but not getting involved. I remember a few years ago, in the comfort of your lounge, your sitting room, you could watch like you watch sports on TV. You could watch the Iraq war starting. But we, we don't feel, we don't get involved. And sometimes we don't want to get involved in the problems of others because we feel we might lose our own peace when we get involved. And I have news for you. If you live only for yourself, you will never have peace. 
And how did Job's situation change? The moment he started praying for his friends, it says God restored his wealth and everything else and gave him double what he had. The moment you start praying for people, getting involved with people, reaching out to people, that's when true peace will settle in your heart. That's when you will stay out of trouble. I think one of my favorite scriptures, because it describes, it gives us the definition of pure religion, and I don't think many people would, would think of this as pure religion, but here's what the book of James says. It says that pure, undefiled religion before God is this, to take care of orphans and widows in their suffering and to keep oneself from being corrupted by the world. Now, I want you to notice something on the screen there. I have bolded one word there, the word and in the second last line. And the reason why I did that is that word is not there in the original Greek. It was inserted by translators to make more sense of it. But leave that word out and see how radically the message changes because he says, Pure religion is this, to take care of orphans and widows in their suffering, to keep oneself unspotted or, or uh, out of trouble or, or from being corrupted in this world. In other words, it's not two things that would make up pure religion. It's one thing that will have an effect. When you get involved with others, you'll stay out of trouble. I, let me give my own version of that verse. Take care of those in trouble and stay out of trouble. And that's how you will preserve your peace. Here's another wrong concept that people have. Peace is not temporal security. Sometimes we think we'll find security, contentment, and fulfillment in, in all kinds of things. It's only found in Jesus Christ. Do not look for security anywhere else in anything else or anyone else. And if you are here this morning and you're a single person, I want to encourage you, be fulfilled in God. Don't place the burden of fulfillment on your future spouse. It's too heavy to carry. You need to be fulfilled in God. Peace is not obtained by material possessions. Your financial security can change in a second. I heard of two Bible school students. They were learning about prosperity in the Word of God, and the one had a kind of a proud, boastful attitude, uh, and he told his friend about all his possessions, his car, his, his home, etc., etc. And his other friend reminded him of another uh, teaching that they had about the end of the world and how everything will be, will be burnt in this world. And he said to him, remember, at that time, the only difference between me and you is your ash heap will be better, bigger than mine. <laughs> and that's true. Don't find your safety, your security, your peace in material possessions. Peace is not maintained by natural protection only. And I know we need protection in these days. The richest man in the world, Howard Hughes, lived behind locks and never had peace. And today, you know, you could, uh, you could have fortified walls, codified locks, amplified alarms, electrified fences, and uglified Halsation dogs. <laughs> protecting you and still be without peace. 
I'm not saying these things are not needed, but I tell you what, it is important to realize what scripture says, and it's very clear about this, and it says, unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. You have to trust God and find your peace in God. That's real peace. It's amazing, our daughter, when she finished Bible school, she went to Norway to join a missionary organization there for a year. And if you look at, um, at the safety and security of different cities in the world, Norway is always amongst the first five. But here was the amazing thing. When she came back to Africa, she was so delighted to be here. Because I wanna say to you, it's not where you are, it's whom you trust. Peace is found not in a place, but in God's will. That's where you need to be. And then the last false concept that I wanna focus on is that peace is not compromising values. Sometimes people want to compromise with worldly values for the sake of peace. And they become fence sitters. There's an, an incident uh, in the Old Testament where Elijah speaks to the people of Israel and he uses such descriptive language when he challenges them and he says, you need to choose between God, the real God, and Baal, the false God. And he said these words to them, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? That's exactly what the Hebrew word says, that hobbling between two opinions. And here's what we do. We sometimes sit on the fence and, and we become hobbling holy ones. There's no stability in our lives. We're walking with, with, a, with a limp all the time. And God wants us not to compromise. God wants us to stand and to stand on the values that he teaches us in his word. Jesus spoke out against unrighteousness. Sometimes we're scared to speak out against evil or injustice because we feel we might lose our peace. We, we go with a, with a stream in order not to be disturbed. The problem is when you float with a stream, it might seem peaceful at first, but soon you come to the rapids and there might be a waterfall waiting. Stand for what is right. Stand for Christian values and you will maintain your peace. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. You'll be hobbling all the time. And that is what real peace is about. I wanna conclude with this. I think it's so important for us to pursue peace. And that is what God wants us to do. The message of the angels we need to take up today, that's our responsibility. They said peace on earth, that's what we need to, to do. We need to become proclaimers and pursuers of peace with all people. But I wanna say this to you, don't ask God for personal peace if you're a believer. Because you already have it. It's a matter of allowing the peace to take over and to flow through you. In Romans 5, it says these words, it says, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You have it. Just allow it to take over in your, in your life. And, and, and don't just be a peace taker, become a peace maker. Some of you were troublemakers and peace breakers. 
But God doesn't want you to just be a peace taker. He wants you to be a peacemaker because that's what Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the children of God. That's what we need to do in the new year. Let us be proclaimers and pursuers and makers of peace. If you want a Christian war cry, it should be this. We are waging peace. <laughs> Amen. That's our calling. And a last scripture I want to give to you in Colossians 3 and verse 15. And I love this, this scripture. It says, let the peace that comes from Christ control your thoughts. In the Greek, it says the following, and I'm going to, to quote the Amplified because the Amplified gives us a, a close rendition to that. It says, let the peace of God be the umpire. Let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God be the judge. It's like a referee in a game. You know the worst thing that you can do in a sports game is to argue with a ref. Because if you argue with a ref, he can speak to you in colorful language. <laughs> and if you don't like that, he has some more colors. <laughs> so here's what I want to encourage you. And this will help you also to be guided. Whenever you're faced with a decision, let the peace of God inside of you be the decision maker, be the referee, be the judge. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I wanna say, let the prince of peace become the king of hearts. Let the baby Jesus become the Lord Jesus ruling in your life, then you are guaranteed to have peace. I cannot say go in peace yet because Bruce is gonna say that, but I wanna pray for you. I want us to stand, please. And we're not gonna pray for personal peace, as I said. We're gonna thank God for it. But what we're gonna pray is God make us peacemakers. Amen. Because then we'll be blessed. Father, thank you for this beautiful day when the Prince of Peace, when we celebrate his coming to earth. We know it's, it's not a date. It's not a day that we're celebrating. It's a person. And thank you, Jesus, that you came to bring joy and peace to this world. Thank you that you as it were, were born in our hearts through the new birth and gave us everything that pertains to godliness, love, joy, peace, and everything else. We thank you that we have peace, but now we wanna ask you, help us to allow peace to be the ruler, the judge, the umpire, the referee, the decision maker in our lives. Let us not be guided by circumstances. Let us not be guided by, by situations that might look positive or negative. But let us be guided by the peace inside of us. Let your peace rule and help us in the new year to be true peacemakers, proclaiming the Prince of Peace over others. And we ask that in Jesus' name. I want us to pray one more prayer. 
even if you prayed this before, I, I want you to pray it, even if it's on behalf of other people. If you are here this morning and you've never had a relationship with Jesus as the Prince of Peace, it's so simple. Just invite him in your life and say, can take over. And so I'm going to pray this prayer, lead you, and I want you to pray it out loud after me, phrase for phrase. Is that okay? Let's close our eyes, focus on God. Say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I thank you for Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I need him in my life because I'm a sinner. And Jesus, come and forgive my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness and make me new. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you died in my place, took my punishment so that I can have peace and the gift of eternal life. I receive that gift by faith, by grace, I'm now a child of God, and I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or you felt maybe this morning for the first time it was meaningful, there will be people up front here. I'm going to stay here, so come and talk to us, and, and we want to welcome you and, and, and just show you how you can grow in this life with Jesus and live in His perfect God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for that lovely word. We have the Prince of Peace, our Lord and Savior, giving us peace. And we can go out and be peacemakers. I want to pray the priestly blessing over you and just say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn His face towards you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.